Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys had a great week. Hope you're having a great weekend whenever you listen to this podcast. I have two special guests uh, talking about this topic. Um, two weeks ago, I talked about fighting games. And this one is a part two continuation uh, with uh, my guests talking about fighting games also, like which ones they love, and just having a good open discussion about it. My first guest, you guys know him. He's part of the NVC uh, Video Game Book Club, one of the administrators. Um, you heard him talk Pokemon with me, and you also talked, uh, we also talked about Vanquish, um, my love for Punisher and some Star Wars. Please welcome once again back to the show, Mr. Anthony Cantu. Punisher 2 still sucks. You know that, right? <gasps> oh, and I also got to give you props <laughs> for getting events tickets for Batman vs. Uh, Superman. I, I was clapping my hands. <laughs> I was just like, yes! Uh, I cannot wait to go see that. Um, and my second guest, my special uh, guest, He's probably like very knowledgeable in fighters. Uh, he probably played so many more than I can even imagine. Um, uh, everybody, welcome my new guest, uh, Philip Archie. Hi, what's up, yo? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, Philip, can you give us just some history about your gaming past or you know, even how you got into fighters? Or just tell us some of your gaming past. Let's see, I started playing video games about 1984 on an Atari. Uh, I was six at the time, and then I got a Nintendo in uh, 85 and 86. I've been playing a bunch of games since then, but I didn't really get uh, really into it until uh, about 1988, 1989, when I first got my hands on Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition on the NES, and then later on the Genesis. That's when uh, I really got into video games and into all the other stuff that comes along with video games, with the memorabilia and uh, consoles and arcades and posters and figures and limited editions, guides, everything. Uh, I'm a I'm a video game connoisseur. That's awesome. Awesome. So I want to start um, with this question. Um, when did you guys get into fighting games? Uh, definitely for me, I didn't get into fighting games until about 1990, 1990 or maybe 89, uh, or whenever Street Fighter 2 came out for the Super Nintendo. That's when I got into it. What about you, Anthony? Uh, for me, it was probably around the same time. Uh, playing on just the Nintendo console itself, I, the far as I can remember is like, me playing it on my cousin's nephews, or not cousin uh, nephews, uh, uncle's Super Nintendo. Oh. Anthony? Oh. Is Anthony there? What happened? Uh-oh. I don't know. He might be having some technical difficulties. Oh, oh, oh no, oh no. Oh, well, Philip, when did you get into Fighters? Um, like, when was your first title? The very first fighting game that I played was Karate Champ, 1986. Oh, my goodness. I remember that game. That game was brutal. There wasn't any fancy characters. There wasn't any 
in-depth move set. It was just two dudes who do karate and wanted to fight each other. Data East, one was white and one was red. Yup, <laughs> that's what it was back in the day. That was the first fighting game that I played. It, when I think when I think of a uh, karate champion, I think of like kickboxer. Um, what's it? I think it's kickboxer. Uh, with all the matches, they just sitting down on their knees watching this match go, and you had to hit. Uh, whenever you get a hit, uh, they would go down and you would win or you would lose the match. Like I, I don't even know if that game had an end to it. I don't think there was. It increased in difficulty, and then there was uh, special rounds in between fights. But it got pretty brutal pretty quick. Yeah, I played that one, yeah, on the NES. I didn't uh, get get to it on the arcade. But as far as uh, really in-depth fighters, it would be Street Fighter Two Championship Edition. On the SNES and then on the uh, Genesis later on. Okay, I'm back. Oh. Ooh. Welcome, Welcome back. back. <laughs> what the hell happened? I don't know. I didn't touch nothing. Where we, we leave t- off at? We were talking about Karate Champ. A oh, Karate Champ? Okay. Oh, yeah, but when did you get into fighters, Anthony? I'm sorry. Did my whole speech like cut off in general? Yeah. Shit. We got we got about to a Street Fighter Two, Super Nintendo, and then you cut off. Oh my god! That was like a very emotional speech I gave. <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> I felt your emotion in, in Super Nintendo right there. I really connected with oh, yeah. you what you were saying right there. <laughs> I was crying on the floor a little bit. I'm glad I cut out so you guys didn't hear about that. Um, yeah, it was usually like during Street Fighter 2 when it came out on Super Nintendo. That's when I really got into it because it was more of a revenge story for me. Mm-hmm. My nephews and uh, cousins and uncles that got me into it. So with that, um, what is it? I know with me, when it came to Street Fighter 2, I had my cousin teach me on how to throw a fireball and do, like, the special moves. Yeah, that was always a pain. I didn't know how to do that at first, because I was a little kid, probably, like, seven or eight. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know any of those moves. It's so weird, because if you play Street Fighter 2 and then you play Street Fighter 1, the the special moves in Street Fighter 1 are so hard to pull off. I'm like, oh, my God goodness this is crazy I, I i was just like i can't do this game <laughs> which is yeah, funny which is funny because street fighter alpha was supposed to be the remake of street fighter one you got to remember that back then you know you had to be in the arcade because there was no way to get that information on how to do the special moves and you know what strategies to use there wasn't any of that so you actually had to put time in the arcade, study the uh, the pictures on the arcade just to try to do them. You know, and without that, you'd be just pressing kicks and punches all day, and you wouldn't know what's going on. Pretty much, 
Yeah, I actually had to uh, configure my controller in the Super Nintendo with the hard punches and stuff. But yeah, when it came to the arcade, I, the arcade version, Champion Edition, that was so different from World Warriors. I, and I was just like, I don't know what the heck that I'm doing. I'm just tr- pressing buttons. Recently, uh, the company that I work for, they installed a Street Fighter 2 cabinet in our break room. Oh, and that was so nostalgic. We we played for like an hour after lunch, just playing on that arcade until it broke. <laughs> Did you actually have to put quarters in, or was it free? No, it was free play. But uh, you know, it's an old rickety arcade. Oh, so it was like a secondhand one. It wasn't one of the newer ones. No, it wasn't a new one. It was it was straight up original Street Fighter Two. Oh shit! Uh, with all the the bad screen burn on the on the TV, <laughs> and the really old mismatching graphics. So yeah, this thing was beat up, but it was it was the arcade. I remember when they hacked it to put in like hyper edition, like where you could throw seventeen thousand fireballs in the air, and it was just slow, and, and it looked really janky. Uh, <laughs> I remember, some, I, and I don't even know how they even hacked it. But it was in the arcades. I'm like, what the heck? How the heck they get this and hack it? And people have no lives, so they, all they do is just spend their lives on it. But I, you know what? Street Fighter, that Street Fighter was the only arcade that I know that somebody hacked. I, there's never been another arcade game uh, or cabinet that, uh, as a story, uh, that people could report on or any history about it, about an arcade game being hacked. Like, I just never heard of that. Yeah, no, I didn't think. Well, it's because like there's no internet back then, so if you wanted to try to find this shit out, you had to do some work on it. Yeah. Or read EGM, depending on, but that came later. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys think that the fighters in the '90s were diverse than the fighters of today? Like, um. I guess when it got close to like 94, 95 and, you know, Mortal Kombat came and SNK brought all these fighters and stuff. Do you think you had a whole range of, uh, of games to learn compared to games of today, like with just Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat? And a little bit Killer Instinct and Smash, like being the only games kind of recognizable. Uh, Tekken maybe and uh, Soul Calibur. I'll let, I'll, let AJ, I'll let AJ no, start with this one. Go ahead, man. Uh, back so in the we're, 90s. We're... <laughs> Phil, go. Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, AJ. No, go ahead. Phil, fucking go. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> okay. Uh, back in the 90s, it was so diverse. There were so many different fighting games. But um, with most of them, you could compare them to a hamburger, right? Because everyone makes a hamburger. But they just dress it up different ways. Like there was World Heroes, there was um, King of Fighters, Art of Fighting, Street Fighter, um, Fatal Fury. Yeah, Fatal Fury. These were all 2D uh, animated fighters. And all, all the inputs were almost identical. Uh, the only thing that differed between them was the engine used to create them. So Street Fighter, I felt, uh, was a little bit more refined and the animation was more fluid. Uh, 
but King of Fighters, Art of Fighting, uh, Fatal Fury, all of those are also very solid games, and World Heroes also was a very solid game for fighting. And this is just the 2D ones. Uh, in the late 90s, you had Soul Calibur, Tekken, even Dead or Alive came out in the late 90s. And these are the first iteration of the 3D Fighter and Street Fighter EX. And Virtua Fighter. Well, Virtua Fighter kind of uh, started Virtua off, Fighter uh, too. yeah. And uh, Fighting Vipers. A lot yeah. of those came out uh, in the mid to late 90s. And they changed the way the fighting game was played. But it's still just your hamburger. It was like 2D, but uh, when you dodge or rolled or jumped out the way or strife, uh, if you want to say it, um, you would move into like the, a 3D space. Yeah, exactly. Anthony? Uh, it's, it's pretty much the same. Like back in the day, it's just every, almost every single fighting game was the same except for little tweaks and skins. You know, it was a 2D side-scrolling fighting game. But it's just, if you go play like after a different one, it's the same thing. So if you go play Street Fighter, and then next you play Fatal Fury, it's almost the exact same game. It's just different skins, different characters. Well, then nowadays, they try to at least try to mix it up. You know, you have Mortal Kombat, who is not a button masher game. You can do that. You have to have more tacticals on that one. Right. Same as Street Fighter. Uh, almost all the fighting games back then were just button mashers. Now they actually have to do combos and learn how to do certain moves. And if they want to be, they have big ass tournaments for this kind of stuff. Yeah, they do. And and you know they got Evo, they got all these other fighting competitions. They have local stores and stuff like that. But with the fighting games, the main difference is that the engines they're different now. And so I remember back then, it's just like the first next gen was the whole 3D thing. You know, like. Um, like Soul Calibur and Virtual Fighters breaking the third dimension. And now it's like way, way, way different. You can't even compare. But players now compared to then, I say players now are a bit more douchebaggy-ish compared to then. They think they can know everything. And that's what I hate about street fighting games. People, like people who play big fighting tournaments, they think they're shit, but they're not. They have no lives. I don't know. I'm just getting angry right now. <laughs> well, let's not get you angry. Uh, I think that back in the 90s, you had even experimental uh, fighters. Like, you had Primal Rage. Um, you had Killer Instinct. Uh, Konami had, like, a martial arts kind of fighter. Um, and Clay which, Fighters. Yeah. And, you know, like, Konami brought out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um tournament fighters um they had two different versions on super nintendo sega genesis um clay fighter came out uh for the super nintendo you know there's like different artworks and different styles about it like even with snk like you would have the a button to punch the b button to kick um the c button maybe do a throw or some kind of jump in the d button and it, it, even though you had like four buttons, like with Fatal Fury, you was able to switch this uh, between three lanes, um, three planes. So you could be in the front, the middle, or the back, and you could uh, jump in between and also hit your character. Um, even Golden Axe had a fighting game, which I couldn't believe 
believe that uh, Eternal Champions by the Sega uh, by Sega on Sega Genesis. They even did a CD version of it. So you kind of had like a different variety of it. Where where now I think that because of the lack of uh, diversity. Like, in Japan, fighting games are, are still king. You know, there's so many weird and odd Japanese fighting games that come out to their arcades, but not to America, because the arcade culture has kind of died down. and soon to actually die out due to consoles being online. Um, mm. There's not, there's really not much that you can really talk about. Uh, yeah, we got, like, like Persona... Um, their fighting game uh, being like very big here in the states, but you know what else out there is like really stand like really stand out. Like Street Fighter Four, to me personally, is like a problem a bit. Some of the fighting games because they did so many variations of it, and I think because of Super Street Fighter being popular uh, back in the nineties, you know. Street Fighter 3 didn't really get like that many different editions. They got three versions and that was it. Whereas Street Fighter 4 probably have about, what, five editions to it or something? You know, and and it's kind of weird that uh, even with now, uh, we just don't get the fighters like we got back in the day. Like, they don't try anything different. And maybe that's probably because a lot of publishers and developers have, you know, been out of business. If you look at um, fighters right now, there's only really three titles or four titles. Street Fighter, Dead or Alive, Tekken. Even Marvel vs. Capcom got phased out with Ultimate Mortal Kombat, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah. And, and Mortal Kombat. So there's only like four major fighting titles. Of course, there's KI, uh, which is a good fighter as well, but when you go to compete, you compete in one of those four. Uh, Smash yeah, like is gaining some. Yeah. So, do you guys think that the lack of arcades hurt the genre, or do you think that um, just the interest of it has like died out, like to kind of really died down to like a certain amount of people? Uh, well, it's it's dying out, but very slowly. You know, I know some colleges here in older and San Jose State, they still have arcade cabinets and people play them and the students there. Um, but you don't see much actual arcade cabinets nowadays unless you spend some real money to find some. But yeah, it's 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 sad that it sucks. You know, it, it sucks that it's dying because those are like the real plays, ways to play them. Everybody's getting like arcade sticks now just to have that whole feeling that they're still at an arcade. Before, when there was an arcade, you had to go down there and put your time in. You know, mm-hmm. you waited in line, and, and then you fought, and then you tried to get as good as you could, as fast as you could, because you don't know, you know, when your next five minutes is. Now, without an arcade and the consoles being the new platform for fighting, people could literally practice for eight, twelve hours a day and get really good really quick. So the skill level is different, mm-hmm. but I think um, the respect between uh, between fighters 
has kind of degraded because you're sitting there right next to each other or you're standing there right next to each other. It's like, good game, bro. You know, and when you got, when you got beat, you couldn't rage quit. You couldn't, you know, unplug your console or whatever. Yeah. You had to take that whooping. And yeah, that that's true. what, that's what made you a good fighter, not just, you know, technically, but, uh, your social skills as a fighter is you took your whooping and, you know, it helped you grow. Nowadays, you know, people talk smack and, you know, they, they can't back it up or they can back it up or they rage quit when they lose. So they still, their, their stats are high, but they're not really good players because they rage quit. And why do you guys think that the smack talk and trash talk is, it, like a lot of people do it in fighting games like what is this this attitude of competition or arrogance like why is that so important to some people in fighting games or even online games in general so you go ahead on this one um, for competition it's the internet the internet you don't have to be Philip Archie you know, on the internet, you're Phil Stop. You're that top dog. You're yeah. the killer on the internet that everyone's going after and he's beating everybody down. You know, you're that persona on the internet. But when you're at the arcade, when you're right next to the dude that you're whooping on, uh-huh. it's different. You know, you got to respect that guy for stepping up to the plate and the skills that he brings to the table. But on the internet, no one really cares about that. The honor of the fight, the, um, you know, the skill level, no one really cares about it. It's just who has the most wins, who has the most losses, you know. It's just like in Call of Duty, same deal. You know, Mr. Mister T-Bag, eight-year-old, right? No one really cares uh, about his attitude. All they know is that he's really good in Call of Duty because his KD ratio is 17 to 1. You know, he's... but. We all know he's some punk kid who, you know, is talking about his his math homework over Xbox Live <laughs> while he's running around shooting people in the face because these other players are adults who got like kids, dogs, other people in the room, you know, pining for the attention where these kids who are, you know, seventeen kills, one death are just in their room doing their thing, swearing at older people who don't really care. Anthony? Oh, that didn't even chopped again. I don't know what happened. Um, I, I think that some people just, they have a mind frame of that they hate to lose. And if they don't win or get their way, they just end up, you know, just being done with that person or done with the game. And then they'll come back in or something. You know, they don't want that stuff affecting their stats. And that's, to me, that personally, that's crazy. You know, I think if you take, if you're going to lose, take the loss. Absolutely, it's like any competition. The biggest uh, comparison of winning and losers just recently in Super Bowl Fifty, where they were all hounding Cam Newton for how he lost, uh-huh. and Fuck uh, Newton. <laughs> and Peyton Manning and how he won. But you could see both sides where Cam Newton and his fire to win, his his competitiveness, and his desire not to lose. Put him in a bad spot. I mean, 
you are you are professional at that point, and you have to maintain that professionalism. And uh, with, but, I, I think they was focusing on, and which was weird, they was focusing on him dancing on the field and stuff and making a big deal out about it. But when Perry, uh, Maiden did something, you know, it was no problem. Your mommy should still look there, waiting. Thank you. Hello, special <laughs> guest in the background. Who's that? Uh, that's my aunt, my 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 mom and my aunt are visiting from the Philippines. Uh, oh. Well, hello, Mrs. M- Auntie Archie <laughs> from the Philippines. Welcome to Arsenal Opinion. Thank you for being a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, give me a second to take care of something really quick. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. So, Anthony, uh, before we continue on uh, with the discussion, um, have you had any like problems with people when you're playing a fighting game? Like, did you like rage quit or did you like, you know, stick it to that person? Be like, see, I told you I could do that. I told you, you know, you feel good after you get a victory. If I'm doing it online, no, because it's like, there's no point to it. Okay. It's like rage quitting. I don't do that because I'm actually a grown adult. I don't go quitting. It's something I'm losing. Like, I actually stick throughout the whole match. If I know I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. Just, I'll just wait and learn how they beat me so that way I can learn from their techniques. But, like, if it's in person, oh, fuck, yeah. I'll definitely rub it in their face. I will be such a dickbag to them, especially if it's, like, my brother or anybody I know or friends. It's, it just depends, you know. It's because, like, if you're smack talking online... Ooh, who cares? Everybody does that. Little kids do that, and they don't even know. They say, oh, I fucked your mom. Oh, I done this. I done that. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, I don't give a shit. But it's like if you're doing it in person, it's completely different. It's a lot more fun. You yeah. actually get to see their reaction to it. And there's a lot more energy. You, you, you can feel the hype. If the match is getting really close, everybody's going to start screaming like, oh, what's going to happen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah, it's it's... It just like if I'm playing like the last time I did that. Oh God, it was back a couple of years ago when Ultimate Marvel's Capcom first came out. Yes. And uh, me and my brothers would settle debates and arguments over that game. So let's say we're like, okay, no, you're wrong about this thing. No, no, you're wrong about this game. And we just stop, look at each other, and be like, okay. Let's go to the Xbox. You go to the Xbox. Whoever wins, wins. Whoever wins gets to win the argument. That's how, that's how more fun it was. You know, if, if you... <coughs> if, excuse me. If you have a lot more interaction with people. Yes. Online. Online, you don't see anything. You see no emotion. You see nothing. It's not fun. If you're, if you're literally sitting next to a person, like in arcades, or playing arcade cabinets... Uh, land parties, local. It's a lot. That's why people still have land parties. It's for that, that feeling. And you know what? I've never did a land party. I don't know why oh. I've never did it. I used to do land parties all the time with Halo too. Ah, uh, see, I was playing the world is not enough with, on the N sixty four a lot, mm. and uh, SmackDown versus Raw on the PS two. Goodness, I was like, I used to have some fun Friday nights with my friend's house. Like, we were 
go to his house and like probably from 10 to like 2 in the morning play video games or watch a movie oh wow yeah um, hold on one second I totally forgot that uh, we are recording a new book club today as well I'm just reading what the whole conversation is right now. I'm sorry about this, dude. It's just it double booked podcasting recording. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I told the uh, Adrian on NVC. I'm just like, you know, still send me the link, but I'm like, I'm. I thought it was actually Friday. Uh, I didn't even know that it was tonight. I'm like, uh, for people who are listening uh, on the NVC Video Game Book Club that you guys could check out on Facebook. Um, to come join our page and play video games with us. Uh, we're playing, well, this month we played The Legend of Zelda to celebrate this 30th anniversary. Um, the original one for NES. And they're having a discussion at the time of this recording. And yeah, they're, they're, they're literally getting ready right now. Um, then next month we're playing Pokemon in celebration of the anniversary. Right. And there's just so but, much... Uh, there's literally so much like Pokemon. Uh, I was telling Adrian, um, who was one of the administrators, um, Twilight Princess would be my fourth Nintendo game that I brought uh, that I brought this year. Like, and then Pokemon is next. Pokemon Tournament is next, which we'll probably address a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, wow, are my special guests still handle some things? Um, going to the next question. Um, if Capcom and Midway titles didn't succeed, did you think fighters would cease to assist, uh, to exist? Um, meaning, like, if Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, you know, didn't become popular, um, do you think we would still have the fighting genre today? I think that it'd be different. I know that for a fact, but it probably wouldn't be just like a whole out of existence itself like people would still try to make them but they wouldn't be what we know today like if Camcom didn't create Street Fighter or Midway didn't create Mortal Kombat what other games would you have? We would have Soul Calibur from Bandai Namco we would have Virtual Fighter we would have uh, Boss Blue we would have Fatal Fury we had Killer Instincts those are all very different from traditional ones that we know yes and if it it'd be very different, I know that for a fact. It wouldn't probably be good. People would probably bitch about it a lot, but it's 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 up to those two games, those two companies that really made a big difference and changed the whole uh, game industries with those with just those two fighting games series. Well, I know Street Fighter had the had the Japanese sprite base kind of animation so there was a, a little bit of flash and midway with Mortal Kombat definitely brought violence and uh, a digitized look to the fighting genre like we didn't have no other choice you know yeah. it was between Street Fighter um, and Mortal Kombat and I think once Killer Instinct came out uh, and we were so shocked about all the combos and what we could do about it, that's when I think fighting games like really, really took off. Because everybody, you know, if you look at Mortal Kombat three, uh, which is the success of uh, of Killer Instinct, you know, we we'll, we got the dial in combos. That's what they call them. 
Uh, but like Street Fighter, they didn't really get a combo system uh, probably until I think the Alpha series or uh, no Super about Super Street Fighter. But it wasn't like detail like Mortal Kombat or Killer Instinct was because yeah. of it being like hand two D sprite animation. Yeah. Well, you gotta take consideration though. It's like Street Fighter was dead for a long time. Yeah. You know, it was it wasn't until Street Fighter Four. Which came out, uh, what, 20, 2010, 2009? Yep. It was, Street Fighter was long dead. Everybody just kept on playing old school games. And so was Mortal Kombat. Like, no one, the last Mortal Kombat that people know was that shitty Mortal Kombat vs. DC one. Yeah. And now that they got their groove, Fighting games are back in style now. Like, everybody's playing them. You got Mortal Kombat XL that literally just came out uh, this week. Yes. You have Street Fighter V that came out, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks One ago. One week last yes. week, two weeks ago? Uh-huh. That sh- shitty, glitchy game is still good, but it's has a lot of problems. You know, we got and, Tekken 7 coming out later on this year. Yeah, we got um, a new Tekken coming out. Second, that's going to be fucking dope. Like, I heard, I know they said Pokemon Tournament didn't do well in Japan, but a lot of people are just like, we're waiting to play it because I don't even, I don't even think they did a test run here in America. And if they did, like, didn't nobody report about it, you know? No, it it didn't do well because the Wii U itself is not big over there in Japan. Okay. It's, it's not just like. Over there in Japan and, and, and other countries, they're more of a PlayStation. Sony, because Sony's got the market over there. Well, definitely in Europe, yes. Yeah, and so over here, it's a lot more equal. It's a lot more balanced. Yeah, sure, Nintendo is a little bit on the downside right now, but once Hyrule Warriors, uh, not Hyrule Warriors, uh, Twilight Princess, yeah, yeah. Twilight Princess, you got Pokemon Tournament coming out. It's a new Pokemon games coming out. You got hopefully new Mario. You got quite a good lineup, and you got E3 and plus the NX the, the NX console supposedly coming out, which I call bullshit. I it, it will not come out until next 2017, year. 2017, I think. Yeah, they'll show it out. They'll say, "Oh, holiday," but obviously we know Nintendo. They're going to take the time on it, so they're going to yeah. push it back. Token tournament. It's it's what everybody wanted. Not what everybody wanted, but it's a game that people wanted. They wanted a legit Pokemon fighting game, right? And, it looks and this good. one's yeah, this one seems to look legit. You know, the characters they haven't shown are pretty weak. They haven't shown what only ten, twelve characters. Yeah, and most of them are on the new gen, new gen characters. Like the only person ones I saw that were like original old school ones are what Pikachu, Gengar. And I think Charizard, Charizard is Charizard. I have no idea. Hmm. It's like all these other ones I don't even know. I I stopped playing Pokemon like in gold, gold and silver. Oh. Yeah, and so the Pokemon tournament, I, I'm hopefully it brings it back into the whole Pokemon genre. But you know, it's 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 up to tell. It's supposed to be about what next month or so. Yeah, uh, the 18th of March, March 18th. So, I'm 
I can wait on it. I'll probably wait for a used one just to check it out. I already pre-ordered mine. Yeah. Well, you get a discount. You work at Toys R Us. Of course you're going to pre-order it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's a Nintendo game. So I not normally pre-order this stuff. I just didn't get the Amiibo uh, Animal, um, Animal Crossing one. I didn't get that one. And... Uh, there was a and Mario Tennis I didn't get just those two well, because yeah. I don't really play sports games. So uh and Devil's Dirt I like, didn't get. But. It's like the only legit fighting game that Nintendo has is Smash Brothers, which I do consider it a, a fighting game. I not do a lot too. of people do. Yeah, a lot of those pro fighters are like, No, it's not a traditional fighting game. Who gives a shit? It's a fighting game. It, to me it's, it is. It's yeah. a part of the game because I'm like, you, you're doing. If you're com- throwing punches, if you're throwing punches, if you're doing combos, if you're doing special attacks, it's a fighting game. Oh, it's blocking. not traditional. Yeah, it, it's not traditional one versus one, or you know, it doesn't have the technique. You can make it one versus one. It has technique. Right. It's just that you suck at it. Don't talk shit about it. Oh. So angry right now. <laughs> and uh, to me, with with Smash, it's just like to me what 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 won me over because yeah, it was Nintendo anyway. And the trailers they were so good when they released it. When I see that eight player Smash, I'm just like, this is an automatic buy. Because yeah, there there was just something about even if you don't have a lot of people doing like Smash with you, you could pl- just play against the computer and use your skills and get better, like like learn. But it was just something about watching, like, when Game Informer, when they had the copy, and it was all eight of the editors playing together and doing commentary and talking jump in, you know, when they got that final smash, it felt, like, victorious. It felt good. It kind of made you happy. And you yeah. really don't, and I think a lot of pro players don't see that, you know, that when you play a fighting game or any video game in general, you're supposed to have a, a good feeling. Um, even when yeah. you lose, still have a good feeling because it lets you know what areas that you need to work that you need to work on, you know. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I think when it when it comes to Smash, everybody thinks that a fighting game has to be a two D or three D plane, um, and you have to have a life bar that goes down. Yeah. And it gotta be. I, I don't really think it it needs to be that, you know. You if if it if it wasn't such a, a big deal, a when E three of last year came out, the Nintendo service went down because people too many people were buying writing. Mm. People flipped their wig when they seen that uh, Cloud was coming to Smash. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, people were happy seeing Bayonetta come to Smash, and you know, Corrin, we it was from Fire, was from Fire Emblem. We never played them, and people enjoyed them. You know, yeah. If if a Smash wasn't such a big thing, why is it you know people were looking forward to uh, Bill Trinan playing it at uh, E three at uh, at Evo? You know, and people tuned in more into Smash than they did anything else in the tournament at Evo. So yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know why people are getting butter about it. Like, just because it's not traditional, doesn't mean it's not an actual fighting game. Things change, right? 
and it's and it's funny because it's so popular and you know any it's so accessible to a whole bunch of people you could get yeah. um you could get into depth with that game if you want to or you could be a casual gamer press a whole bunch of buttons and win and still have a chance to win yeah phil are you there yeah all oh. right we were just talking about smash Brothers and that it's a legit fighting game oh it is it's hardcore it's what is it it's a it's a three button system right um. Well, let's see. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's special punch and then kick, and it, however long you hold the button, it's that's how it is. And a block. Yeah, button. the strategy. The strategy for for Smash is about positioning and knowing your attack. So I think it's a legitimate fighter. Absolutely. Yeah, I was telling Anthony that uh, some people probably don't consider it as a fighter because it don't have an energy bar that goes straight down. That it's like two rounds in a timer, like a traditional like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, like a versus kind of thing. Where I think, you know, I I, I was saying that Smash is very accessible to anybody. You could get in depth if you want to, or you could be a casual person and play press random buttons and still be able to win the match. Because I I don't think it's it's not about winning a round. It's it's, it's kind of just like having fun and being a chance to. Uh, everything being unexpected, you know, it, with Smash, it doesn't go a certain way. Anyone could win. You know, you can make, you could be the most technical fighter, but if like a newbie comes in and just actually press some buttons and just actually didn't know that you had technique, but was still had a chance to beat you, you know, it's it was all about that, and it was about having fun. Like, wasn't that one of the promotional uh, marketing they did at the one of the GameStops to where, like, when the game was coming out, they had, a little, like, a 10-year-old girl beating the shit out of everybody in tournaments. Yeah. Throughout GameStops around the stores, stuff like that. Like, I saw that. I'm like, holy shit. Anybody can play this, no matter how good you are. You know, it, it, and just because it doesn't have, like, uh the quarter circle punch button kind of movements, it doesn't mean that it's not a fighter. Because if it was a fighter, it was it's still outbeating most fighters of today. Definitely. It's it's just people don't people don't like change. That's all it really is. Well shoot, they're gonna have to get used to it, definitely with the way that the release of Street Fighter Five. But we'll get back into that. Um, do you think S and K would have a business if fight of the fighting genre wasn't big? Well S and K had a lot of titles that weren't fighting games like the Metal Slug yeah. titles and also some RPGs. They probably wouldn't have been as big if not for fighting. But I, I think they would still definitely be around. I mean, I know they had their ups and downs with uh, their finances and stuff. Like Samurai Showdown is still one of my best, one one of my type fighters from SNK. Like I love Samurai Showdown. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know much about SNK and all those old, old like different. Fighting ones, Snake, AK, Tekken. I know some about Tekken, but like Blast Blue and stuff like that. I have no fucking idea. That's all Phil. That's all you, man. 
Plus Blue is actually pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, people think it's cheap with the one, the insta kill system, but it's it's like a super art in, in Street Fighter. You don't know when it's going to come out. Uh, there was another game that was in Japan, Melty Blood, never made it over here in the United States. Uh, amazing game. There's also um, Guilty Gear, great game that they have a twist in their combo system that makes it. Uh, a little bit faster than Street Fighter, but there are definitely a lot of fighters out there. They're just very low key, like Skullgirls. Skullgirls is huge. Yeah, I have Skullgirls on my PS3, and I'm like, whoa, this is really different. I haven't tried it yet. I, I heard it was good. Um, but Sir Anthony, uh, thank you for joining us. I know you have yeah. some. Yeah, some I got. I gotta to go. Do. I gotta go record another another, <laughs> another podcast, podcast right now. Um, did you wanna um? Did you want to plug anything? Uh, no. I, um, everybody already knows my stuff. If not, just come watch the NBC uh, podcast I'm about to do right now. Video should be up within a week or so. Um, Phil, you know what we're starting, so you can just plug down on your own when when you guys are done with this and what we're trying to do. All right? Right on. Yeah. All right, but, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. But, yeah, I, I got to go right now. All right. Have a good day. All right, guys. <laughs> later. Night. Bye. Uh, uh, did you think that Killer Instinct changed the flashiness with their combo system? Like, uh, when Illa, uh, Killer Instinct came out and, you know, ultra combos and killer combos and just being very fast, do you think Killer Instinct, like, really made fighter, fighting games, like, more interesting? A killer Instinct did impact the genre by bringing in the focus on the comboing uh, and and the way you could break a combo. Like in Street Fighter, if you had a combo going, the only way you could break it is if the person doing the combo dropped it. They made a mistake in the combo. And it's the same thing with Tekken back in the day. They had the 10-hit combos uh, for Tekken, but there was all on execution. You couldn't, you couldn't fight your way out of it. And that's really what uh, Killer Instinct brought to the fighting genre whereas if someone was in a combo and you know how the combo is going to go you have the opportunity to break it yeah. and start your own so it made things more volatile so you you really have to be on point with your execution because i know in in uh uh in mortal kombat 3 you know they would call them dialing combos uh like, if you get hit with the combos, there was no way to, uh, like, really stop it. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 3 was like that, but also so was uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Yes. If you if you got a really good player and they would trap you in the top right corner of the screen, you weren't coming down. I've, I still am trying to figure out that game. I don't know why I'm having a I having a hard time. Like Tatsuno, like Tatsunoku versus Capcom, I could understand with ease. Like like that game is amazing, down pack. But it's, it's still with like something with Marvel versus Capcom. Um, it's a great fighter. I love the cast, but man, just like it's deep, and I'm still trying to figure stuff out about it. With with Capcom versus Tatsunoku, and also. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, they changed the system from a... Six-button to four-button. 
Yeah, six button to a four button. Even though it was on the Dreamcast, it was still uh, a six button because you had your weaks, mediums, and your hards. Uh, same thing on the PlayStation 2, weeks, medium, hards, and you had to yeah. link them together because weeks would link it to mediums and mediums would link it to fierces, but you would crisscross them so a, uh, a medium punch can either link to a heavy kick or a weak kick to continue a combo. Or yeah. not a weak kick, but a medium kick that we could, you know, uh, do, do different stuff with your combos. It was all it was all timing with Marvel vs. Capcom too. Yeah, and I, I just wonder why Marvel vs. Capcom three people did like it, or even Ultimate people did like it, but it, they said it didn't feel the same with uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two. I don't know why. Uh, the big change in the button system and how easy it was to break someone's combo. Uh, before in Marvel's Capcom 2, you couldn't do that. You couldn't break out of the combo. Okay. Whereas in 3, you could. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, besides Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, their cast, um, is there any game characters that stand out more to you? Like, Or, you know, do you have any kind of favorite characters that you like playing in games besides Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter? If we take Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter out of the mix... Uh, my favorite fighters are probably going to be from from the Dead or Alive series. Really? Yeah, Dead or Alive and and Tekken. Like my go-to guy would be Jan Lee from from Dead or Alive because he's so much like Bruce Lee. Uh, wow. Then, then Tekken tried to do the same thing with uh, with their character Law. Uh huh. But he he didn't feel as quick and as sharp as Jan Lee to be an actual Bruce Lee replica. But Tekken also has uh, Kazuya Kazama uh, and Heihachi, and and the relationship there is is really interesting. And the Devil Gene is also very very interesting. See, I, I think I need to study Tekken a little bit more. I played Tekken at the arcade and on PlayStation 1 when they had used to have uh, Asteroids or whatever on the loading screen. You used to uh, play those little games right there. Uh, but Tekken got really technical for me. And I think it wasn't too Soul Edge or Slash Soul Calibur, uh, depending on how people want to look at it, that I didn't really get into the 3D games. But to hear you talk about Dead or Alive, that's, that's interesting to me because you're the only one that I know that that party loves and plays that series. Dead or Alive, it brought the countering system in into play, and then uh, the interactive environments. A lot of people bash on Dead or Alive because of the characters and, and the physics that came along with the characters, uh -huh. but if you look at it as a fighting game, then there's a lot of things that they brought. It's uh, there's no good. there's no projectiles, yeah, right? It's so really, I think like Dead or Alive is really good. Like if you really put time and effort into it, it plays different than any other 3D fighters. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you go into a sidestep and start attacking, then it's going to be a unique attack that other characters can't do. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And then I'm... positioning of your character against your opponent is also going to affect how 
you attack that opponent. So there's a lot more strategy to it. I know uh, Taki is one of my main characters in Soul Calibur. I love Soul Edge, Soul Calibur. I love Taki. Uh, when Soul Calibur 2 came out for GameCube, of course I had to play as Link. I had to learn him inside out. Soul Calibur is also a very good game. Uh, my character from there would probably be uh, Sofatia. Yeah. And then when Soul Calibur 3 came out, I think it's when they introduced Cassandra. Uh, Sofatia's sister. See, I think. Those I, are also good characters. I know. I stopped playing it after Soul Calibur 2. I don't know why I didn't get into Soul Calibur 3 and, and the other ones. Because I think they just went straight, went to, they went back to PlayStation 2. And I was just like, I, the 3D Fighters on the PlayStation 2, I don't know. It just didn't suit me. I think I was playing too many role-playing games around that time. <laughs> but yeah. Soul Calibur was really good on the Dreamcast. Yes. And then... Uh, Soul Edge was really good on the PlayStation. Yeah. And it wasn't until Soul Calibur 4, I want to say... On uh, uh, Xbox 360 uh-huh. and PS3, or Soul Calibur 5, I can't remember which number it was. I think it might but have that been that had, uh, had Darth Vader and Yoda in it. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. Uh, that that really revitalized uh, the interest in playing the game again with the different characters and how uh-huh. they would fit into the Soul Calibur world. But you know what? A lot of people were kind of upset and was wondering why, uh, with the success of uh, Soul Calibur 2 being on GameCube, why Namco didn't bring it back. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine. I was just like, have you realized that because Nintendo and Namco worked together so well with Soul Calibur 2, with Link and stuff, that uh, they would go like Nintendo would go to them to work with, uh, to work with them with Smash, and to also have like Tekken, like Tekken Tag Tournament on Wii U. Just like it was so weird to think about that. They had that adventure game on the Wii, right? Soul Calibur Legends. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was Wii. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was for the Wii. Yeah. But I think, uh, like Nintendo and Bandai Namco has done a lot of good, like uh, got a lot of good work together. Um, Even when they got with uh, uh, Techno Kobe, uh, you know, with Metroid Other M, um, definitely with Hyrule Warriors, like that kind of revived the Dynasty Warriors series. Well, the problem is is the controller for the Wii and the Wii U. You had to get the pro controller if you really wanted to fight. Because if you if you wanted to play a fighting game with uh-huh. the Wii or the Wii U, you got this Wii mode of nunchuck, and it's totally different than how you would play. And then if you go uh, with just playing with the Wii mode then you're very limited on your buttons, so your attacks are very limited. Right. And I think because there wasn't an arcade stick for the systems, that um, you really didn't have a choice. You know, you had to go with the other controller. Because I think with, like, Xbox and with PlayStation, they offered, like, uh, 
they offer a fighting stick, and that's how some people are like playing their fighting games with a fighting stick. You know, I prefer a controller. I cannot do fighting sticks at all, unless I'm at an arcade. That's the only time I could do a fighting stick. When Capcom vs. Tetsunoko came out, there was a fight stick that they released for the Wii. It was. It was, it was very rare, and uh, it came bundled with Capcom vs. Tetsunoko, the collector's edition. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Because I thought a lot of people was ordering it from Japan. I thought around that time. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's your classic... Uh, fight stick uh, with the eight buttons, uh, but it was it was meant it was made for the Wii, and you had to plug it into the base of the uh, Wii mode. So uh, before we go, because we only got like about two more topics, um, some of the odd fighting games, uh, Bloody War for the PlayStation was really good. Um, the Way of the Warrior on Three Duo that game was garbage um of course we talked about king of fighters uh uh clay fighter and ninja turtles tournament fighters which i played on the super nintendo are there any like odd you know fighting games uh uh like time killers um was a weird odd game uh and bloodstorm those like two weird arcade games uh tattoo assassins which was a canceled game from data east uh, and you can see some of these games on YouTube. Like, were there any? Has there any be like cancel or weird fighting games that interest you or that you ever played? Uh, Bloody Roar was one that was that was really good on the PlayStation One at the time. Yeah, it was a different take on the fighting uh, genre and the ability to transform into a, a mythical monster was actually pretty cool. And it has such a good soundtrack. I love the soundtrack to Bloody War. <laughs> and what? And I talk about Bloody War. Um, Bloody War was a 3D fighter that uh, you fought as humans, and then at a point in the game, you could turn into a certain animal, and your um, your whole fighting style changes um, as that animal. Uh, JoJo's fighting, uh, the uh, JoJo's adventure. I still don't get the anime. I still don't get the manga. But I, I'm still kind of concerned about uh, that fighting game. Like, have you ever tried or anything? It w- it was too bizarre for me. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It, it was just too weird uh, for me to get into. Yeah. Um. Which another game that came to my mind was Power Stone. Now that one was really good. Power Stone was actually really amazing. It uh, it felt more like arena combat, and because it was multiplayer, you could have four people on there. And also that old game, uh, Cannon Spike. Yes. Uh, they 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 had Capcom characters in it, and it was more arena fighting like in Power Stone. And uh, there's one Korean game uh, that is very similar to Cannon Spike. Uh, Gunblade, I think it is. You know, I heard of Gunblade, and I keep, and I for some unknown reason I cannot remember when it came out or like seeing a visual of it. But I hear people talk about it. Gunblade is actually a really good arena fighter. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Gun Fu that was introduced in that Christian Bale movie. 
uh, what movie was it? Gun. I can't remember what it was, but it was, uh, they call it Gun Kata, where it's like, uh, Kung Fu mixed with, uh, gunplay, yes. and, uh, this video game, uh, was a lot like it, where you could run on walls and dash and, uh, really fight in a different dimension. Oh, I'm about to check that out. Um, let's see, a, a to, to ball. Uh, that was oh. square. That was square. Uh, square sauce fighting game. Yeah. Um, and not only did you fight, you had a mini game where you used to be in the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, I remember that game. And then Tobal Two was like completely or straight uh, fighting game. They did another one where, uh, like a samurai one, like uh, you fought and if you got hit one time, you lost, like you died. Yeah, that was Bushido Blade. Bushido, Bushido Blade. Bushido Blade. Yeah. Blade. Uh, Shido Blade is an amazing fighting game. Uh, uh, the Star Wars they had a fighting game. Uh, uh, that that looks t- it looks terrible. Everybody remember the name, but um, the, the it was just like uh, I cannot do this. So, um, are there any like oddity games that you could think of? There was a Final Fantasy fighting game. Isn't that Dissidia? Uh, it was before Dissidia. It was on... There it is. Urkais, 1998. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot. Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that. Oh. Yeah, this was... Uh, it was an actual fighting game, and it was it was pretty slick. I guess you could qualify it as, as an arena fighter, too, because it wasn't a straight... Uh, 2D plane is kind of power stone-ish where there was a lot of a lot of room for you to go around. I know they talk about Thrill Kill, which became the Wu Tang Clan fighting game, and that just looks terrible. <laughs> that game looked like a joke. Another good fighting game was uh, Def Jam. <laughs> yeah, would you consider Def Jam as a fighting game or as a wrestling game? That's absolutely a fighting game. Okay. Yeah, because I remember where you could train with different uh, trainers. Yeah. And have different fighting styles. Like, there was a way to get Jeet Kune Do if you trained under two different trainers. Oh, wow. It, yeah, Def Jam Fight for New York, I think it was the second one, was, was, was a really good fighting game. Yeah. Very deep. I love when Redman had all the, uh, <laughs> had all his hoes come out and step on you. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. Um, um, our last topic before we go uh, is the importance or not the or not the importance of evil. Um, how do you think it is important to not only the fighting game culture but to video games in general? Like, do we need evil to uh, with now it being televised like on Twitch and stuff? Like, do you think it's really important to us? I absolutely think so, um, because before before esports got big, before League of Legends put esports on the map, before um, even Command and Conquer and StarCraft, there was Street Fighter, and we didn't we couldn't share screens and we couldn't broadcast it 
but we could get together and we could fight. And in fighting games, or any type of fighting uh, sport, it's going to have its own tournament to determine who's the best. And and Evo is is that for the fighting game community. And everyone has a shot. You don't have to be you don't have to be a pro gamer for you to have a shot at Evo. It's just anyone who is a fighter has the opportunity to fight. Yeah, and it's it's really good, gotten popular ever since it started being streamed. Because you would hear about Evo, but unless you were there to witness everything or read about it, like there was no, there was really no access to it. You know, it, it still stays packed. It's good, definitely, it's good for the hotels and stuff, and the conventions and people who like are renting out rooms and stuff. It's good for business, but you know. Everybody wants just want to see around the world people scale and see how they, how they, you know, could break a game that the creators who made the games didn't even know. Be like, wow, they were able to do that. Like, wow, like it, it really, it gives, like you said, it gives people a chance. You know, like you really could do anything. Yeah, a nobody can become a somebody in this community. Uh, in in the Bay Area here in California, there there is slash was an underground fighting community. The, they would congregate to someone's house, and this person had like rows and rows of cabinets and consoles. And on that weekend where they had that tournament, uh-huh. people from around the Bay would come and fight. Some of the top players in the U.S., Justin Wong, Ricky Ortiz, they're from the Bay Area because of this uh. underground tournament. And and you need to breed that culture where everyone has a shot. And before when we had arcades, then people could congregate and test their metal against other people in, mm-hmm. in a fair competition. Uh now that everything is online, everything is on a console, it's not necessarily a fair competition because someone's always going to rage quit to, to pad their stats. Right. Or and, to stay in the top tier. And I, I wish uh, there was just more advertisement of people be like, you know, if you pay $10, just come see, you know, come play these fighting games, like, of your choice. Whether you win or lose or anything like that, you know, come discuss it and talk to people like like build a community I kind of wish that was still alive like and it's just like I can understand online being a thing for a lot of consoles and a lot of tournament players but like I like we talked about earlier there's nothing like being in an arcade with somebody or being in a like you said underground you know house with having like 12 to 15 people having a pizza or you know treating it like it's a party and stuff and going at it and just be like my skill versus your skill we'll see who's better and we'll see if if it's you know what i need to learn on because i think with fighters like when you lose in a fighter regardless of you're good or not it, it gives you something to strive for there's a goal that you can actually strive for to be better Exactly, and, and that's the the uh, behaviors that we need to foster in, in the next generation of, of fighters is, you know, you take your loss, you take your whooping because 
that's how you're going to learn to become better. And when you were at the arcade before, then it was more important for you to win because there was actual money on the line. Right. You had to pay a quarter to play, 50 cents to play. You had to pay a dollar to play back in the 90s. Right. But you had to make sure that your dollar got as much time as you could. So you would practice and you would go there when no one was there. You'd go on off times and you would put the time in. And we just need to maintain that honor system online so, you know, we have the same learning curve where you go out there, you fight, you, you win some, you lose some, but you learn from it. Yes. And all these rage quitters, uh, you're not learning from your loss. Right. Your All you know is your stats don't mean nothing to us. It's your skill that we. It's your skill that's going to stand out, not your stats. Yeah, it's, it's a little funny that we were talking about this earlier, but I found the article from PC Gamer uh-huh. on how uh, Capcom is going to punish uh, rage quitters, and uh, a post on the community, Capcom Unity blog reads: "Thanks to all the players who have brought this to our attention." We are working on a permanent solution to this problem, but we don't have an exact date to share you at this moment. Uh, that said, we're going to take direct action starting next week to punish those players who are abusing the system. So the, they are going to go after these rage quitters because they are detrimental to the community. Where, you know, just because you want to remain gold tier, you're going to rage quit. You're not, you're not improving as a fighter. Right. You're you're cheating and padding your stats. And, and and if they put on like a stats, be like, this is how many times this person rage quit. Nobody's not going to really take you serious or really going to want to fight you. Exactly. So like, if if I have you know a hundred wins but three hundred rage quits, then I'm still garbage. <laughs> exactly. You know, my record may say a hundred to no. But with 300 rage quits, that uh, I'm I'm crap. You know, I, I shouldn't be. Yeah, I shouldn't be proud of that stat. Right. And but if I had, you know, if I had, you know, 300 wins, 700 losses, and no rage quits, 300 wins is that's that's a 30 percent win ratio out of a thousand, right? Right. And that that's that's pretty damn good, you know, considering the people, the skill of the people around the world. And I can understand if your if the your your internet goes out or something happens and you get a rage quit, you know if it's still low, I'll still fight you. You'd be like, okay, if you know if it'd be like where my internet drops, okay, that's that's understandable and that's reasonable. Uh, definitely with some people some people areas, but if you got like like you said, if your rage quit is higher than your actual win and loss status or even tie status. That's a problem. That really is a problem. Like and like you were speaking, it's you know it's about that honor. You know, take your wins and take your losses. Exactly. That's what this comes down to is, you know, fighting with honor. And with that, everybody, I want to thank you, uh, Philip. Thank you. Um, did you want to plug anything? Uh, yeah, just be on the lookout for growing old in gaming. Uh, it's going to be a future podcast where uh, Anthony and myself will tell you how 
things are now compared to how they were before and how old guys like myself react to how kids play games these days. That's awesome. Cannot wait. Did you have a Twitter or or, or anything that people could connect to you with? Or uh, did you want to give out your uh, PSN or Xbox Live Gamertag or anything? Absolutely. If anyone's looking uh, for a gaming partner, you know, just to shoot the shit and play some games, uh, look for Phil Stop on Xbox Live or Phil Stop on PlayStation Network or Phil Stop on Steam. Okay, awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at that retro code T H A T R E T R O C O D E. Um you can listen to my other podcast, the Deluded Geeks Podcast on the Anomalous Radio Network dot dot com where you can also find optional opinion on SoundCloud and on Podbean. Um you can find me on my Wii U under Optional Opinion, all one word. Um, you can find me on Xbox Live as The Lyrical One, capital D A, capital L Y R I C A L, with the number one. Um, PlayStation Network, you can find me at Okamical, O K A M I C A L. Other podcasts that you can listen to is The Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. That's uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. They record a two podcasts every week. Um, Simon's Cake uh, Podcast at Simon Cakes uh, Podcast dot WordPress dot com. Um, DNA, the G- Digital Nerds uh, uh, Advocate. You can hear their podcast and follow them on Facebook. Uh, the NVC Video Game Book Club. You can check us out on uh, YouTube and on Facebook. Um, so thank you once again, Philip. Uh, thank you once again, Anthony, for joining us. Um, hope to see you guys soon. Have a great time. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Um, get some fighting game in. Uh, we would we would touch on Street Fighter Five, uh, but I want to touch that on a later date. Like I think once all the updates and stuff get out, and do like a comparison of when it uh, when it first came out till the status now. So we'll be doing that one a little bit later in the year. Uh, but thank you, Philip, for joining me. All right, thank you for having me. All right, and that is it. We will see you guys later, and we are out. Peace. Peace.